Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. If you're suffering from chronic pain, can movement really be the medicine that you need to get back to feeling like your old self? Well, today we have yoga instructor and entrepreneur Lucas Rockwood here to reveal how to use mindful movement to ease back pain, knee issues, shoulder problems, and so much more. He discusses the science behind why movement is critical for the health of your joints. And I think so many people need to hear this because it's not something that's discussed very often. Lucas also explains how to listen to your body's signals to quantify pain levels and to find the ideal exercise dosage to promote natural pain relief. This practical conversation gives you a blueprint for turning movement into medicine. So let's get right to it. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Lucas, you work with a lot of people that are in pain. Mm. I've scoured your YouTube page. I'm like, man, this is some good stuff. Mm. How can we use yoga or stretching to stop chronic pain? Or do you have any tips for people that are experiencing low back stiffness, sciatic issues, neck issues? Like, How does this paradigm kind of all come together for people that are experiencing chronic pain? I think the biggest challenge is you hear these cliches that movement is medicine and you go, yeah, yeah, movement's medicine. Then it's like, what does that actually mean? How much medicine do I take? How much is too much? And this is where it's really challenging. But more and more, you look into research around osteoarthritis, you look into research around joint replacements, you look into research around low back pain, like you mentioned, and almost everybody universally recommends movement. Okay, so we need to move to heal. Movement is helpful. First question is why? And second question is how much? And the why part is often missed on people, certainly missed on me for years. And, you know, it's important to remember that most of our joints and most of our connective tissues have really poor, if not zero circulation. So you need this synovial fluid to slosh around just to get them healing. You want to clear out inflammation. You need things to move around. Stagnation, lying flat is like one of the worst things you can do. The story I always tell is almost everyone has experience with having a surgery themselves or a close relative. Could be something as pedestrian as a cesarean or appendectomy or a meniscectomy, but you've gone to see somebody in the hospital or you were in the hospital and you know that that those doctors make them walk around as quickly as possible and they're sweating bullets and they're suffering. And the question is, why? 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 Yeah. Why why not just lay down? Yeah. Watch Seinfeld reruns, lay in bed, eat jello, but no, you got to move. And we need that circulation, especially for joints. And so when you mentioned pain, the big ones are back and knee and shoulders and to a lesser extent wrists. And these are the ones that people come in with. And for joints, they really need movement for healing and those connective tissues, this concept of mechanotransduction, they need this stimulation. The helpful, helpful way to think about it is if you're thinking about our knee cartilage, our labrum in our shoulders, whatever it might be. If you think about your hands, if you just start gardening today for the first time and you're working with a rake or a shovel, your hands will get sore. And if you're careful and you do it just enough, you'll develop calluses. Other people will know this from swinging a kettlebell or lifting a heavy bar, doing Mm pull-ups. And those calluses, if you're careful, they will build up and they will get stronger and your hands won't tear. But if you go crazy and you do like 100 kipping pull-ups, you'll rip the skin right off your hand and then you won't be able to do anything for like six weeks have you ever hit an exercise plateau you just can't get over like you just can't get stronger your running times won't go down or maybe you're consistently getting injured or just lost motivation to go to the gym if you've ever experienced any of these 
then you need to check out my new email course, How to Stop Exercise Burnout. This is a free five-part email course. I'm gonna share with you the formula for stopping burnout, how to build an exercise program that prevents you from hitting a wall while predictably delivering results. I've used this with elite athletes for years and I'm gonna give you the playbook I'm also gonna talk about how to use your smartwatch data to end exercise burnout. This is a free email course that I created from after going on a lot of other podcasts, I get questions about this all the time. What about plateaus? What about burnout? What about constant injuries? This email course is gonna answer all those questions for you. So sign up now, the link is in the show notes. So get started on learning how to stop exercise burnout. And so this, really big challenge of pain and joints and healing is movement is medicine. hundred percent. That's true. You got to move to heal, but you can't really figure out how much is enough for you except by feeling it. And unfortunately the best physio in the world can't feel it for you. The best orthopedic surgeon can't feel it for you, nor can a yoga teacher. You have to really find that place for you. So I always encourage people to quantify in the same way. If you were looking at your diet, it's really helpful just to write down what you're eating. When you're looking at your pain, it's really helpful to try to name it, number it, and get some clarity on, is it getting better or worse? I'm taking my medicine, I'm doing my movement, which is maybe 5,000 steps today or 3,000 steps tomorrow, and maybe I'm doing an isometric wall sit, and maybe I'm doing a passive hang, whatever it might be. But this is really the only way, and it's really challenging because it's, we want to outsource it. We want to pay somebody. We want And by we, I mean me, I really want to pay somebody. My knees are kind of bothering me right now, but you can't. You have to explore this yourself because there's no technology that can feel your feels. And this nociception is your body's genius communication system saying, hey, Lucas, can you just run a little bit less this week? I don't like what you're doing to my knees. That's what it's saying. And only I can hear that. So this is the biggest challenge is taking full ownership over your pain, remembering there's really not a pill or a potion or anything that's going to fix you. There might be some things that can help you along the way, but nothing can fix you. You got to fix yourself. Thinking of movement as medicine, starting off slow and writing down that number. Today, it's four out of 10. Tomorrow, it's four out of 10. Okay, we're at least staying the same. A week from now, we're at three of 10. Okay, we're moving in the right direction. And from there, a lot of people can see some pretty substantial gains. Not an overnight fix, but most people within six to eight weeks for most things, get a pretty good handle on injuries and at least get an idea about what the next steps are. This is so good. Name it and number it. I think that Mm. we don't quantify things enough for ourselves. And, um, you know, we live in this quantified world. Some of it can be paralysis by analysis (laughs) and it's just worthless information. But when it comes to your pain, it's one of the best indicators of what's going to happen physiologically. We did some really cool modeling several years ago using some novel machine learning, and we could actually identify things that were coming days in advance by pain. And so this is something everybody should really take stock of. And this requires a little bit of a word called interoception of understanding what's happening. And I think that's one of the great things about yoga practice, which we've been talking about is like, you're holding still and you're feeling a lot of things that you typically don't feel. Like if I'm doing a squat on a barbell, unless you're a really refined athlete, I'm feeling the bar on my traps. I'm shrugging into the bar. I'm sitting into the ground. Like I can feel all that. But when you start challenging yourself in static movements, you start feeling all sorts of stuff. And I think I really think that there's something to 
this practice that can also help you with pain because you be your I think you be get this early warning detection system going on and it's mm-hmm. honed after time. So really appreciate your thoughts on this. This is definitely something that people should have a log in their uh, phone to use, but really appreciate it. Yeah, I would just encourage everybody to in the same like I mentioned, the same way you might track your sleep, you might track your diet. If you start tracking your pain, which we generally don't like to write down the negative things, but for most people, it gives them something to work towards and can really help them get honest about what's helping and hurting. What a lot of people discover is so much of what they're doing is actually digging into the problem rather than easing off. So oftentimes it's a take two steps back so you can later take three steps forward. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you love this show and you haven't left us a review, please take just a second. Give us a five-star review. This is going to help us reach more folks with the message of the Blueprint. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode.